Hello and welcome to Rednets, the official podcast of Empire of the Cop. I'm Rick, and this week we've got something just a little bit different for you. We've got Jose Enrique on the show, uh, the former Liverpool left-back. We'll be discussing loads of stuff from Liverpool-related news over the last few weeks. We've got uh, talk about the Burnley match, we've chat about uh, Schmikas and Elliot, uh, Lukaku going after Chelsea and how that will affect the upcoming game. And uh, we've also got a little bit of chatter about transfer dealings and Shakiri going out the door. So there's a lot to unpack here. And uh, so without further ado, let's uh, let's hand it over to Farrell. Right. Um, so obviously the immediate talking point has to be those the double set of wins against Norwich and Burnley. Um, sort of very impressive start to the season, a few sort of surprise uh, starters in the lineup, but what sort of what what was your reaction to the games? You know, we what what impressed you? Well, first game we were fantastic. Uh, I believe uh, high pressing. You know, obviously the score as well in both games. Obviously the score was good because we keep a clean sheet and we won. But the first game, I believe we play the football that we want to play the, the whole season. I believe second game, Burnley was a little bit more difficult, to be honest, until we scored the goal with Jota. We suffered it a bit the way they were playing. Obviously, it's their Burnley style. And, and I believe they're going to you know, make a lot of teams worry this season because the way they play is very different. So very English all style, you know, to be the center forwards, crosses in and all of that. So it was a more more difficult approach. Alison was good in some sets as well, but I believe we deserve it to win as well. So it's a very, very good start for the team. Obviously, it's a lot of players like Tisamikas, for example, new in the starting eleven. you know, and last season he played six minutes, so he did really well. So didn't impress me, the team. It's just, I believe that's the team we want to see. And I believe you can see them when we play away from home. The fans being there, it makes the top players perform better. That's what it is. And that's the reality, you know. And and just seeing the fans back, and uh, he, I believe he lift all the players up, you know. And I believe this is the team we want to see the whole season. Now, let's see against Chelsea, our, one of our rivals. So actually, we want to see now what is going to happen. But this is the team, and more in the first game, this is the team that we want to see, definitely. Were there any in that particular team that sort of, maybe perhaps surprised you or particularly impressed you or you could see potentially playing a, a more prominent role throughout the season than many sort of initially expected, particularly when we're sort of talking about the likes of uh, Costa, Simicas, Harvey Elliott and that. Now, with Costas, he's been fantastic. He's done, he couldn't have done better, to be honest with you. He's done really, really good. The problem you have in that is that you have the best left back in the world there, there waiting, you know, and 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 it's just with Robo there, obviously it's good to have a good backup and and it's good to have that option, you know, but I believe if Robo is fit and Robo play the way he, he makes us used to see him play, you know, and obviously he renewed his contract as well and long ago and all of that. I believe it's not doubt that Robo is gonna play. But obviously the good thing is that you know you have a, obviously a second option there that he, you know he can perform and he can do well and obviously it's a lot of games it's Champions League games and you can rest Robo when last season we couldn't rest him that's the reality so that's that's good because like this he can be strong for some important games maybe you know as well so that's very good and obviously the one everyone talk about obviously is Harvey Elliott you know at the end Harvey so didn't surprise me to be honest I believe he has the ability what surprised me is that with that age you know that capacity and that ability, you know, to don't care, you know, that much in terms of, in a good way, you know, don't care in the way of, I don't care about the pressure, 
I don't get played for LFC. This is the team I love. I'm going to show how good I am, you know, and, and that was surprising. So I believe Harvey Elliott is going to have a lot of game time decision. He keep playing the way he's been playing this, this first two games and in precision as well. So, and it's a new role for him as well in the midfield. But I love it because in a way similar to Sakiri, he has very good shooting, very good ability to give the last pass, you know, as well, that maybe we don't have anyone really in the midfield that with that ability. Like, like him, you know, so I really believe Harvey is going to definitely have a, a bigger role that we expect this season, definitely. And how, how do you feel about that sort of initial conversion to a midfield role? Because many tipped him to play a part in the front three. Obviously, he does um, favour the role currently utilised by Mohamed Salah, so he's got huge competition there. Um, so the switch ended up surprising, but it's, it, it seems to have worked out well for him. Like, do you see that as being, you know, his role not necessarily now while Salah's in the squad, but beyond in the future. Yeah, obviously, he played Blackburn as well, and he did so well, you know, uh, obviously playing on the right side as well, apart from the more middle positions. So he knows very well. I believe when he played for Salah in precision games as well, in that position, he's done actually really well, because he, you can see he feels very, very comfortable in that position. But obviously... Listen, it depends all, to be honest with you, I believe in the transfer window, if we finally want to sign someone that can play in the front three or not. Uh, that will depend a lot, obviously, if Harvey Elliott is going to play more forward or not. But if he keeps performing the way he's performing, I believe he can play anywhere. And sometimes, obviously, Salah and Mane, they don't want to be on the team on, on January as well. So it depends in the transfer window, how it goes. Obviously, you need someone to play there. And at the moment, in our team, I believe he's the best one to play in that position because he's left-footed and the ability he has. I don't Jota for me, the best position is a striker or left side. Mane the same, striker of left side. Firmin is obviously just a striker. So he's the actually only one that I can see the, the, the more dangerous player I can see playing on the right side for us at the moment. So obviously all depending on if we make an insanity. But listen for me. He has the ability as well. If he, any game you want to obviously give a rest to Salah and we don't make any signings, why you cannot play Harvey there? Definitely is is a player that he surprised me the most in terms of that. You know, I didn't expect him to make such a big impact straight away. I believe obviously like Kurti, you know, obviously taking a little bit of time, getting used to the team, getting that, but he just adapts so well to the team and and actually, like I say, he's gonna have a bigger role than that we expected at the start. Of this stuff. And going back to Burnley, um, there's been a lot of perhaps controversy isn't the right word, but with regard to Klopp's comments uh, on uh, Burnley's sort of rough handling of our players during the match, I think fortunately we emerged relatively unscathed without any fresh injuries, but there were concerns about um, whether the leniency of officiating will lead to more serious injuries in future. So I just thought I wanted to get your perspective on whether you, how you felt about Klopp's comments, whether you felt he had a point, how you felt about the sort of pundit's reaction to his comments. Well, I understand, I understand him obviously because he wants his best players always fit and everything like that. But to be honest with you, uh, I was born and and when I came to England, football was a lot more aggressive than it is now. Obviously, when in, at the end of my career in the UK. Obviously, the, they already improved that. Bar wasn't available yet, but obviously that's why it's bar there, you know. And and to be honest with you, I like to see this kind of 
let it go a little bit and and obviously no tackles with it because I never even myself I never tackle someone to actually damage him you know because if you go in that way I really believe it should be pushing even a lot harder than that. just a red card say for example it like happened with Van Dijk last season if you are out for a year and you injure someone with a bad way I don't say a pick for did it in a bad way but if it happens in I just put this example like any other one you come to actually damage the player if he's out for three months I would say you are out for three months like this player will care for more but if you actually you want to go for a big tackle and try to get the ball and you actually damage someone it's football is is what it is you know at the end is my opinion Burnley they have a way of playing and and I actually like it to be honest the way they play is very very difficult for the opposition and the other day they actually put it very difficult for us and more at the start of the game when we score, you can see the ability that we have in the front three that they don't. You know, we had one chance, one goal. Thank you very much. You know, obviously they needed to put a lot of balls and fight, but I actually like this kind of football because it reminds me of the way when I used to play, you know, is but then obviously that's why it's bar there to check everything. And if it's a bad tackle or bad elbow or bad whatever, they they should protect the players then. And the players, I believe they control themselves a lot more now as well. Because I remember when I used to play against in a corner or whatever, they were spitting, you know, they were elbows, they were a little bit even punches or maybe just scratch your, you know, your, your skin like that or whatever, because it wasn't bad. And the referees not going to see that, you know, and now it's everything checked. So I don't believe it's too much complain about that. And this is football and it's a bit what we want to see, you know, the, you know, big, not obviously bad tackles, but we want to see football. No, you know, like, oh, it's everything, you know, like a little bit soft. You know, I like I like a little bit hard. But like I said, always with no intention to damage the player. That's a different story, you know. But as soon as it's hard tackles and going there and get the ball and everything like that, fair enough, I love it, to be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. I suppose looking ahead, we've got a pretty tough challenge in Chelsea coming up. Uh, we had yeah. a, you know, an excellent sort of build-up with those first two victories, but um, it has sort of raised the question as in terms of going back to Costas Simicaz and his sort of excellent starting performances, as to whether Klopp should keep the faith in Costas, even if Robertson is available and back fit. I'm just wondering what's your point of view on that? You know, has he should Klopp reward Costas for his for positive performances? Or was that, as you say, you know, he's such a world-class talent, he has to simply go back into the side? Well, for me, listen, if you're asking me if Costas deserves to start against Chelsea, for me, it does. For the ways we've been performing, why not? He deserves to start. But depends how Rob has been trained, because already he was on the bench on the last game, so obviously he's fit. If not, he will not have been on the bench. He probably trained few days before the, the, the game, actually. Now he's going to train the full week to be ready for Chelsea. If Robo is fit, I think Klopp is going to put him straight away. You know, and that's that. And more in a game like this, you know, I, I really believe he's going to do it. And, and Robo is the kind of player that you can see he doesn't need one or two games to get fit. You know, he just goes straight away and performs 100%. You know, he's this kind of player. So for me, I believe he's going to play Robo. I know it's not fair for Costas, but because he's been performing really well. And at the same time, I believe he deserves to start. But if I was club, you're asking me what I would do. If Robo is being trained the full week and it's 100%, I would play Robo, to be honest. Because, you know, it's 100% secure that he's going to perform 
at the highest level. You know, in Costas, he's had two games. He's going to have more games. But maybe Chelsea is not the best game to actually try, it, uh, you know, something different. But if Costa deserves to start, definitely he deserves to start. But if Robo is fit, for me, it's no doubt. Robo is, like the other day, club actually say, say, what you have in Robo is the complete fullback. He's going for what is amazing, go, uh, defending is amazing. So if he's fit, he has to play, in my opinion. It's a tough selection choice, but then I suppose it's it's a selection choice that you'd want the club to have. Um, but speaking of selection uh, for Chelsea, you've got Romelu Lukaku who's made his big return to the Premier League. And um, I suppose I wanted to get your thoughts on, on, on Lukaku and how much of a threat you feel he could pose to Liverpool and in particular our back line. For me, first of all, for me, Lukaku... Even people love Harry Kane, and I love Harry Kane, don't get me wrong. I really believe, because I see him actually a lot last year in Inter Milan, because I watch a lot of football from everywhere, you know, I love it. Uh, for me, it's actually, I believe, probably is going to be the best signing for the Premier League this year, because I believe he's grown a lot as a player, a lot. The other day, you could see that against Arsenal. It, it, they look like kids, the centre-backs, when they play against him, you know. He, he actually plays something that he, did, he didn't used to play. He actually hold the ball very well now. Pass, you know, he used to obviously just run behind the, the defenders, really strong run, quick, but I think he's in the best shape of his life. You know, he actually improved his game a lot. You know, again, you know, playing with, with under contact, I believe he improved a lot. So I believe probably for me as a number nine, probably is the best striker in the Premier League, in my opinion. Uh, the problem we have, I believe if with our two centre-backs, with Matip, I'm not worried. Van Dijk, I know what people think. Obviously, Van Dijk at 70%, you know, I believe he's still one of the best centre-backs in the world. But I can see Van Dijk is still not 100%, like he's normal. I believe he's completely normal after such a long injury. You can see in the tackles that he goes, in the recoveries, he's still a world-class centre-back, like I say, for me, he's still the best centre-back in the world. But you can still see that if he doesn't play this good this weekend, that I hope he does, and really, you know, at his 100%, I really believe he's the only centre-back that actually can match Lukaku in terms of strength, speed, and all of that. But obviously, he's not 100% yet, I believe. I believe he needs to still feel you know because I know what it is to be with my more with my knee and more being a big lad obviously he's even bigger than me a lot bigger you know so obviously you can see that he's still getting there but obviously you have to put him straight into the team because even like I say at 70% he's still probably the best centre back in the league so we need to see in that but if both centre backs they feel completely well I'm not worried but Lukaku is always dangerous obviously but with Van Dijk and Matty back I shouldn't be worried about that, but because you have two of the best center backs in the league, one of the, one is the best, and the other is one of the best. So, but at the same time, it's Lukaku, so it's always dangerous. So, but I'm worried. No, I believe we can play against Chelsea, and at the moment with our starting eleven, we can play against anyone. So I'm not worried about Chelsea, Lukaku, or anyone. But obviously, Lukaku is a very very dangerous player, and we have to see how actually we manage him. But if we do manage him well, I believe we can. I'm no, I'm not worried, to be honest. I believe if we perform the way we did in the first game, as well, Chelsea's a team that actually want to play the football, want to play balls. It's true that the system they play, they play a completely different system. So 
how we're going to actually play the uh, press the wing backs. You know, it's because obviously you're not pressing a fullback now. You have to press a wing back. How the front three, they're going to press the, uh, the center backs, the three center backs, or actually they're going to leave them get out with the ball. So I'm not, I'm not sure how we're actually going to approach this game, but I believe if we play the, with the intensity that we've been playing, and more the first game and the second game as well, but the first game more, I believe we're going to beat, we, we can beat Chelsea. Lovely stuff. And I certainly agree about uh, Van Dijk. And um, looking at players who are obviously very important to Liverpool, we've had the positive news emerge of um, Andy Robertson's new contract uh, for the club yeah. in, in line with the general contracts be uh, the club have been issuing to the likes of Alisson, Fabinho and so on. Um, yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts, what you make of the new contract. You know, is, is, is this really good news for the club? What does it bode for the future? It's massive. It's massive. You're renewing the contracts of, of the best players of the team. Obviously, it's still Salah, it's still Hendo to renew his contract. But... It's just not long ago. I think it was five or six years ago that I played for was my last season for Liverpool. I think six or five years ago, I'm not sure. And I remember the players they used to when Barcelona, Real Madrid, or teams like that, they used to come for them. You know, like Luis Suarez, like these kind of players, they, they used to leave the club because they thought they want to win more stuff somewhere else. Now, actually, we are a club that where Liverpool deserves to be, where we used to be, you know, in the 80s and, and all of that. You know, that is like, okay, we are a team that we are a winning team, you know, uh, where I'm going to go, that I'm going to be happier or fighting for more stuff that here, you know. So that's why they're renewing their contract. Well, apart from being happy and Liverpool, the fans are amazing. The club is amazing. You know, you actually, they're actually renewing their contract because they really believe they can win stuff with, with LFC like they did in the past, you know. So that's big news for us, renewing the contract of the best left backs, the best centre-back in the world as well. Then obviously, like I say, Alisson and oh, go on, go on, go on. Then we need to obviously just handle Salah, this kind of place to renew the contract. And I believe maybe this is the business that actually we want to do this summer, renewing the contracts. Maybe we not sign anyone and this actually is what the club is going to spend the money this transfer window. Hopefully I'm wrong and we sign someone, at least in the front three, you know, but maybe this is the, the our transfer window, renewing the best you know, the best players on our team, the new contracts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, speaking of sort of general dealings around the club, we've obviously had Jordan Securi, who's finally agreed his move to Lyon, issued a heartfelt farewell to Liverpool fans. Um, what, what do you make of it? What do you make of it? Because obviously he had his injury concerns, but, you know, he, he contributed at vital moments for Liverpool. You've obviously got the Barcelona win, the assist to Gini Wijnaldum. You have the brace against Manchester United. You know, he had his struggles at Liverpool. He was never always a secure first-team player, but he always made the vital contributions. Is this an exit that we should be concerned about or is it the right move for the club and the player? I think it's the right for the club and the player, in my opinion. I believe at the end, he's not a starting player. I don't believe, ability-wise, like you say, he he was fantastic. And listen, he's a legend in the club for what he's done in the in the three years, I think it was, that he stayed at the club, if I'm not wrong, three or two, yeah, I think three, it was. Three seasons, yeah. Seasons, yeah. And, and he's done so well, you know, for us, that's the reality. And, and like you say, he appears in the most important moments as well. But I always say this, if we want to improve the squad, more than the starting level, because the starting level is very, very difficult to improve. But if you want to improve the squad, 
you need players that they are actually available when you need them the most. And sometimes he's not being available because of injuries as well. You know what I mean? So ability-wise, yeah, he's a great player. I really believe he could be in the team, but actually you have someone like Harvey Elliott, really young, that you don't pay one penny for him. The salary will be a lot less than his as well. And I believe Harvey can do the job that Sakiri used to do in the team. You know, where he was fit, I mean, you know, so why do you want to keep him? It's the likes of Origi, this kind of players as well, that they are legends in the club. They don't so well, you know, when we need them, but we need to improve the squad. That's what every single big club is doing, you know? Obviously, like I said, starting 11, very difficult to improve, but you need better players on the bench sometimes, you know, to compete with the ones. Like we said with uh, Costas now, with, with Robo. Obviously, Robo is the best left back in the world for me, but now you actually have someone behind you that is pushing you. So the only thing is going to make this is actually improving more Robo because he knows he can feel asleep because if he feels asleep or gets a tiny injury or whatever, you have someone behind that actually can do well. That's what we've been struggling a little bit last season and in the front three, maybe a little bit more. Now, obviously, don't know in the midfield with Gini going, Sakiris going because he was playing in the front, in the, in the middle three as well. I, I think we have enough players, but Keita is not being available all the seasons, maybe the, as many games as we want. Kurti, obviously, is still getting there. Harvey is new on this. So we need to number eight, Sakiri living. In my opinion, we do, uh, because Gene is left as well, you know, but I, I believe Klopp is not going to sign any number eight. I believe he's going to trust the ones he has, you know, but listen, it's a right move for the club. It's a right move for him as well. He wanted to leave because he's not a starting player. In Lyon, he probably is going to be. So fair play, you know, and listen, we move on and, and, and keep going. And I wish him all the best because he gives everything to the club. Absolutely, absolutely. It's one that I think uh, many fans will be sad to see, but we certainly all wish him the best. And speaking, as you've pointed out, with signings, um, deadline, day is, deadline day is obviously fast approaching. We've only brought in Ibrahim Kanate into the squad. There's obviously been talk about the need for a new midfielder to replace Wijnaldum and potentially a further forward to add some actual depth to the, the, uh, the backup options beyond our starting trio. Um, I just want to get your thoughts in terms of who who you think the club needs to sign and whether you, you feel these sort of signings, these areas, the forward line, midfield, are as important as they were made out to be before the season started. Well, my wish list, and then I will be realistic with you, what I think it could happen. My wish list, it will be definitely, if it could be a number nine or someone that cannot play like Jota, that can play in the front three positions, somewhere like this, you know? I believe it maybe is more realistic. And number eight, and even a right back as well, to cover Trent as well. That will be my wish list, but definitely it's not going to happen. I, I hope I'm wrong, you know, but I don't think it's going to happen. And being realistic, and if you give me one option, it will be to try to make a stronger the, front, the cover for the front three. I'm not saying to go because I know we are not a club to go for Haaland, Mbappé and spend 100 million or something like that in a player. We did when with Van Dijk and Alisson because we got the money from Coutinho. So I get that we're not going to do that. But we can spend 50 million pounds, 40, 50 million pounds like we did with Jota in a very, very good player, you know, that actually can fight with the front three, you know, to push them a little bit more, you know, and like Jota is doing. You know, and actually Jota is actually starting on the on the on the front three at the moment. 
in front of Firmino. So someone like this, someone like this is more realistically, and I believe we should, a more Mane and Salah living in, in January for the Africa's Cup. Definitely we need that. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of the transfer, window, obviously it, it, we've had an update on uh, Saul Niguez and it seems that a move not to Liverpool is looking increasingly likely with uh, Chelsea and Manchester United appearing to be the front runners for his signature. Um, how, how do you feel about Liverpool's lack of involvement of, of this? Because obviously there's been talk about a potential uh, loan bid from Chelsea's part. And if if that is an option that does appeal to Atletico Madrid, would we be daft to not throw our hat into the ring? Well, do you think a loan option, if I'm not wrong? They're talking about a loan option with option to buy or is just a loan option? What it is exactly? I believe Chelsea have currently tabled um, a loan bid with a potential option. Well, if, if it's a loan with a potential option to buy, no compulsory option to buy him, it's a no-brainer. That's the reality. I believe it's an, a no-brainer because if he does well, that I believe he's a world-class player and he's one of the world. You can buy him and if not, you you can have him for the season. You know what I mean? And, and actually having a starting role. My opinion, I don't think Klopp, like I say, is a priority for him to sign a midfield. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. I didn't speak with Klopp. So just to make sure everyone knows that. But I think, look, we have Corti, Curti, Harvey Elliott, Millie, Keita, Fabinho, Hendo. You know, I'm not sure if I'm missing anyone there. Uh, don't think so. So at the end, you have maybe six or seven players for three positions. So why are you going to sign a number eight? Even if it's a better option than some of the players that you have, maybe. Because for me, Keita, for example, is on an amazing precision. But then when he comes into the season, he's dropped a little bit his level again. And injuries as well from the past. So I believe Keita is going to be this season. For me, for Keita, is he's going to be a world class or we need to sell him next year. It's all, all, all or nothing with Keita this year. So, but I believe that the thing, the waiting clubs, I don't think is thinking on signing. Apart from obviously, if an opportunity comes, maybe like you said with Saul, it's just a loan option with an option to buy him, but it's not a compulsory option to buy him or whatever. Maybe you say, okay, let's bring him in because it's an amazing option. But I don't think it's going to get crazy to go out there and spend massive in a number eight. I believe our priority is going to be a front three uh, position. But like I said, this is just my opinion. I have no idea what he thinks. But I believe he has a lot of trust in, in, in Harvey Elliott, I believe, obviously, showing that, actually starting him against Burnley. Kurti Jones is still there, that we didn't see him too much. Keita is there. Thiago is, one, is, is back already for a bit the other day. Hendo is back. Fabinho, obviously, is not back for what we know what. So, obviously, he's going to be back soon as well. So we have plenty of options there, I believe. Fair enough, fair enough. And finally, we're looking ahead to the Chelsea game. It's obviously going to be perhaps a, 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 certainly a tougher challenge than our opening two fixtures. I um, just want to get your thoughts really on what, uh, how you're feeling. Like, you're feeling confident about this? You know, what, what sort of prediction would you be uh, willing to make for the fixture? What do you mean for Chelsea? You mean for Chelsea, yeah. Yeah, I believe, I believe, listen, like I said to you before, I really believe we can play against anyone. The only doubt I have is what I tell you. For, for me, with the team that we have right now, I believe we can fight for everything again this year. No, no against Chelsea, I believe it's 
You know, I don't think, and more playing at Anfield, I would say 60-40 for us because with Anfield, with the fans back and everything like that, I really believe we're going to push Chelsea a lot, you know, and, and I really believe, I actually believe we're going to win this game. The only thing I'm doubting for the future with the team is about what I tell you about the front three with the strength that we have for the whole competition. We play, like I said, January, Manen, Salah, they leave. Look the experience we have last year with the centre-backs. That I believe we are completely sorted on that. So that's my only doubt about the strength of the squad for the whole season and more in the front three. For the rest, if we are lucky with the injuries, I really believe we can fight for everything this year. We have an amazing team and let's go and beat Chelsea because we really can do and go and beat Chelsea. I really believe that. More with Van Dijk, Matip, they make a massive difference to the team that we didn't have last season. So definitely, let's go and beat them that I believe we can and more play in Anfield. Love this stuff. Love this stuff. That's fantastic. You want to play, play this on the score and see if I get it right? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 for us. I think Lukaku is going to score. Hopefully I'm wrong. Eh? Hopefully I'm wrong, but I think Lukaku is going to score as well as I have a, in my fantasy Premier League team. <laughs> so he can give me points. <laughs> no, but being honest, and, and now uh, I really I really believe we're going to beat them 2-1. 2-1. 2-1. Let's go for 2-1. Hopefully it's 2-0, eh? but I, I say 2-1. It's going to be difficult for them to not score. They're a team that, wow, they, they, they're big. They, they, they're difficult. They're difficult. But let's see. Let's see. Hopefully I'm wrong and we beat them 2-0, or 3-0, or 4-0, whatever. But I think it's going to be 2-1. 2-1, I, I go. What do you go for? I'm, cool. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm in the same camp as you. I, I think if we're at our absolute best, I, I could see us surprising everyone and, and you know, wiping them off the pitch. But I think <laughs> I'd, I'd be tempted to go for a 2-1 as well, I think, uh, favouring caution, uh, especially with how, how strong Lukaku's looking. Yeah, as you Lukaku. say, depends on how Van Dijk is. Yes, I think it depends on how Van Dijk feels. If Van Dijk feels he's 100%, that obviously has few games now to feel 100%, but like I said, with the knee and everything, you can see on the games, maybe people don't see because fans, that you're seeing how good it is to have him back and everything like that, but being a former player as well, I can see him that, and it's normal, eh? it's completely normal, it's nothing wrong with it, is he is still getting there, but getting there for Van Dyke is like, forget him, he's still amazing, you know what I mean? But I still don't see him the way I see him before he got injured, you know what I mean? So. I still get in there. So that's a little bit my doubt with Lukaku because if Van Dijk is 100%, I really believe he's the only centre-back in the league that actually can match him in every single bit, you know, strength, speed, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff that Lukaku is very, very difficult to handle. Like I say, uh, against Arsenal, and just know because he's a big fan of Arsenal, you know, look, the centre-backs, they look like kids. It actually looks like kids against him when he has the ball, you know. So it's, that's why I believe he's the only one to match him. And Matip, I believe sometimes it's very, very underrated, but Matip is, is, is very, very good as well. It's a world-class centre-back and, and I believe he can do very well against Lukaku as well. So, like, we have difficulties against Lukaku. Yeah, I think Lukaku is going to have very, very difficult actually to match our centre-backs as well. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Yeah, no, it'd, be, it'd be very interesting to see how it goes. I think we're equal parts sort of nervous but excited about it. I think it's our, well, definitely our first major challenge of the season we'll be looking forward to that and I think yeah I believe that's everything uh, for today yeah thank you very much uh, for your time no, thanks to you it's lovely to talk to you and let's see mate let's see I agree with you it's 
Sinter. The good thing we are early on the season, so whatever happens, you know, obviously still a lot of to catch up. Look at City, they draw in the first game, and obviously it doesn't mean anything. But I really believe we can beat them. And more at Anfield, you know, with all the fans back. And like you say, I believe it can be the game that we destroy them. You know, like you can see Liverpool playing or against that we're actually going to struggle a bit and maybe get something from it. Or So let's see, let's see. But I'm confident, I'm confident that we can beat them. Absolutely. I think Anfield's uh, an almost unprecedented factor for some teams. I think, um, I think especially when you look at Burnley, it was just a completely just different prospect just having, having yeah. that influence back. But we'll we'll see. We'll you know we'll hope for the best, but I think caution for now maybe is the best approach. Yeah. 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 With this with this side, we definitely can look forward for what everything is coming. And obviously, like I said, we make any new signings that will be great. And if not, if we look with the injuries, I really believe we can fight for everything. But it's gonna be for me the most interesting season probably in the Premier League for a very, very long time, I think, because Obviously, the last few seasons has been, apart from last season, it's been City and us. Last year was just City. You know, the seasons before, obviously, it's been City and us. Before that was maybe Chelsea and City. Sometimes it's been just City, but this year it's City, Chelsea, United, us. So it's, it's like really, really strong. Hopefully, United obviously don't get it in the top four. You know, but again, they look strong as well. So it's going to be, I mean, interesting. I think it's, look, Madrid... They don't look very interesting side compared with the years before. Barcelona, Messi just left. So the Premier League actually is going to be the, 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 the league actually that most people is going to want to follow more than ever, really, because it's so interesting this year with the, with the new signings as well. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very nice this season, the Premier League. No, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I'm very, uh, very excited about the whole thing. Thank you once again to Jose and Farrell there. And uh, we will be back this time next week with a regular scheduled podcast. We'll most likely be discussing the Chelsea game, the end of the transfer window. And now that the dust is finally settled, we'll probably be looking back at the Champions League draw. Uh, most of the internet are saying it's a group of death. Let's see what we think. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, be back with you this time next week for another fantastic episode of Rednets. Bye for now. <laughs>